Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Sun Ranto Show is brought to you by all of our Patreon subscribers. Find out more at patreon.com slash sunranto about how you can get early and ad-free listening. But since you're not a Patreon subscriber and you're listening to the free feed, here's an ad for my bookie. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them, stupid? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. So do the smart thing, and if you're going to bet on football this season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on the games after the kickoff? If by second half it looks like your bet is crap, well, you can always just take the other side. And if you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little but win a lot... You can try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings, and no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Except for baseball season, which is, for sadly for Cubs fans, is over. Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Cubby blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain We've shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game Let's go Cubby Sunrento Michael Cotton Sunrento Michael Cotton Sunrento and the lovable Lucy Boutros Golly Michael Sunrento Cotton Sunrento and the lovable Lucy Michael Cotton Hey, welcome to um, the uh, Cubs funeral for the 2019 season. Uh, my name is Danny Rocket, and I must admit, I did uh, envision this event as being slightly different than it ended up being today. I, you know, when the, I booked this a month ago, the Cubs were in first place. They, I was expecting at least a wild card berth, but alas, uh, to, and I was hoping that today's game mattered, and it does matter. Just not for the Cubs. So, but either way, I'm really happy and I'm, I'm really honored that I have such, uh, s- such great minds in the world of Cubs bloggers and podcasters up here on the stage, and I just want to give them an opportunity to introduce themselves real quick. So why don't we start on the end with Joe real quick, and then we'll just pass the mic down. What's up, everybody? Uh, Joe Kilgallen, longtime diehard Cubs fan, stand-up comedian here in Chicago, and uh, podcast 773 Sports. Thanks, guys. Hey, um, I'm Ryan Samuer. I write for Cubs Insider. Uh, that's it. <laughs> I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write for Bleed Cubby Blue and Baseball Prospectus, and my podcast is called Cup of Cubby Blue. 
My name is Crawley, and I'm an alcoholic. Uh, <laughs> wrong meeting, Crawley. Oh, wrong oh, meeting. Oh, That's I'm across the, wrong, the street. I'm at the, I'm at the wrong place. Um, you find me at Crawley's Cubs. I've been doing some spots at the Sun Ranto Show and done some work for Comcast and other various outlets. Corey Friedman from Cubs Insider and the Cubs Related Podcast. Well, Corey, as long as you're uh, holding the microphone right now, I'm going to just start with you. We got some big news today. It's not necessarily good news, not necessarily bad news, but Joe Madden will no longer be the manager of the Chicago Cubs. It, yeah, it's, it's over for him. And I just kind of want your initial thoughts, on, uh, which might be complex, so feel free to take up 25, 30 minutes of the panel. <laughs> I, I can do that if you let me, so somebody should cut me off. But I, I think that it was... I think we all, most of us saw this coming. Uh, I think when he didn't come into the season with an extension, you kind of figured either they perform or he's going to be gone, right? So I'm not really surprised. I think where I'm at now is appreciative for everything that he did and and the moments that he allowed us to have as fans uh, and concerned as to who they're going to replace him with because I think there's a lot of different directions to go and it can certainly get worse and that's what kind of scares me is that you know we all have our gripes I've complained a lot about the way he manages a bullpen or the lineups that he sets up at times but you might not ever find a manager that you agree with completely but you can find one that the clubhouse doesn't like or that doesn't speak to the media well or, or just does things worse. So it's a weird spot to be in. But I'm appreciative for everything that Joe did, first and foremost. Yeah, and uh, Sarah, you, you've got another microphone. Why don't, why don't you kind of elaborate on that? And why do you think Joe got, got, got the got, – not the boot because his uh, contract was over. But why do you – but it feels like a firing, does it not? Like it, to me it feels a little bit like he got fired – because it was either extension or nothing. Uh, you know, it wasn't inevitable. So why do you think they let him go? Yeah, so I'm going to take that second part last. But the thing that's most worrying about this, because I agree, it's not a surprise to me, is that Joe Madden is known for a very lax and chill environment. He's all about process and keeping things loose and trying to keep things cool over a 162-game season. I don't really know how you follow that up and who's out there that you follow that up with. And I don't know who can come into this clubhouse that clearly loves him. Clearly. Like, Rizzo's out there playing on an ankle that is black and blue trying to save Joe's job at the end of the season, and it doesn't matter. And that's sort of one of those things where I don't know who you get to come in that can actually own that clubhouse and do a good job immediately, which means that person might have to build through 2020. I don't know that that person is going to be successful right off the bat. And the thing that sort of, like, why Joe got the boot to me, I think it goes back to Theo. Because Theo broke what Joe had sort of built in terms of a lax process and a low-key vibe with this whole ridiculous sense of urgency thing after the team won 95 games and had to play a game 163. And that sense of urgency mantra hovered over this team all year. And I I think it manifested itself in a bunch of ways. I think there were base running errors. I think there were errors just generally. I think there were close one-run games that went the wrong way and everybody was kind of like in shock about it. This team played with like tight in a way that they had not played in 2015, 16, or 17. And that tightness, in my opinion, was probably worth 10 wins. And that is what, where we're at today. And I don't know who comes in and fixes that, but good job, Theo, and good luck. Yeah, how much do you blame Theo Crawley? You know, you take a look here at the development. The two things that I always heard from the business side and the baseball ops side. From the business side, I was told there'd be wheelbarrows of cash. From the baseball side, I was told there'd be waves of talent. There'd be different waves. 
Where are the waves of talent? Do the Cubs, I have smart guys around me. Do, and do they have anyone in the top 100 prospects? Not right now, but I think next year they'll get a couple. Okay. I think Marquez, I think Brennan Davis might crack the list. Amaya, like you were saying. Right. But yeah, right now they don't. I agree they, with that. They don't. And what you see is the Cardinals, we, put, do we, we buried them years ago. The, the, their evil, all their evil magic is dead. Well, guess what? Flaherty, Edmund, all those guys that you see out there, Jordan Hicks was injured, but you take a look. They have developed, and not one pitcher in the Theo era has been on the roster from opening day to the last day of the season. This is not one year, two years. They've, they've hit on their first round, guys. Anything else? Nothing, and that's a problem. So developmentally, you see some failures within like kind of what Theo has built at this point. Sarah sees it as kind of like Joe was not allowed to be Joe this year, and Theo came and cracked the whip and said, hey, uh, we're gonna, you're going to have to release your lineups three days in advance. And So do you think there's a, a uh, disconnect between Joe and the front office? It sounds like that people do. Now the next question is, do they get a yes man? I, I don't know if they want a yes man. It's interesting the names. You hear Mark Loretta, Northwestern guy, played for Theo in Boston, played for Jed in San Diego, I believe. Yeah, I, I'm not excited about him, but he's there already, so the players probably have a good relationship with him. David Ross is the one everyone wants. I think he's the guy that creates the fun atmosphere, the relaxed atmosphere, but also could be like, I'm going to get in your fucking face. Because we forget, 2015 and 2016, you mentioned, he was that guy. Madden didn't have to be that guy. Madden could be like, let's dress up and have a great time. And I'll always love Joe Madden. I do think it was time. I can't think of a game he won us by himself over the last year. And when people keep saying, well, it was a flawed roster. Yeah, but a $6 million a year manager is supposed to overcome a flawed roster. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's a perfect roster, why the fuck do we need a $6 million a year manager? <laughs> right? I'm sorry I'm getting so pumped up. I spent way too much time on Twitter the last couple of days. <laughs> One guy said, Dusty Baker's available. And I'm like, delete your fucking account. Uh, but no, I'll always love Joe. And when I watch montage videos tomorrow, I'm going to cry my eyes out. Uh, I agree with the urgency thing. That was a mistake. The whole last season press conference was a mistake. Yeah. I do think Theo got, and this is the last thing I'll say because I'm taking up too much time and I'm going to hand over to you. I don't think in my mind Theo knew that the purse strings were going to be shut. Because if he did, there's no way knowing that the 2018 class of free agency, whether he wanted Harper or Machado or whatnot, he's spending as much money the offseason before. There's no way. I think that came as a shock to him. People forget the Ricketts family bought out the last 5% the Tribune owned, which was about $30 million, and I think that was enough for Papa Ricketts to send it down to, to you know, yeah, Tom to be like, oh, you might want to sh- shut I, down spending. I think spending. Book, bookings were down at the hotel as yeah. well. The uh, Shake Shack didn't do it quite as well as they had hoped. They had to lower the rent. Yeah, there's all sorts of reasons. But uh, Ryan, and we, we riot because that Taco Bell's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ryan, um, you know, what, what, in your opinion, went wrong this year? I, I think, you know, we already identified a few things, like maybe the urgency was a little too much. People, the players that said themselves they were pressing into the year. Obviously, a lot of talented players that never clicked this year. But uh, name some other things that you think went wrong. No, man, I'm with Sarah. Like, if you're going to have Joe Madden as your manager, you need to let Joe be Joe, and you need to let him facilitate the kind of culture that he has facilitated in Tampa and in Chicago. Like, say what you want about him and rather you think what he's doing is right, but he's very intentional in trying to create a specific kind of culture in a loose, kind of supportive atmosphere. So if you're going to keep him, you need to let him do that. If you totally squash it, why are you keeping him around? It's going to totally ruin everything. 
So um, do we are missing zoo, zoo animals, mimes, clowns. Yeah, sure. But yeah, I mean, I, that's a, a, I'm making a joke, but at the same time, I think there's something to be said for that environment that was created that now I guess they're going to go a different direction with. Uh, what, what, who do you see? Who do you envision? Mark Loretta's been mentioned. What kind? Doesn't, you don't have to give me a name, but what kind of person do you see them getting? Ryan, you want to start just because... I mean, what kind of person do I see them getting? Do you see them is, going for another fun-loving kind of manager like Joe? Or, or are you thinking they're going to go younger, yes-man from above? Or I mean, I think, I think they're going to go with... I don't know about a yes-man, but are they going to go with someone who is both cheaper and that they can control a little better and maybe fits more in line with their philosophy? Yeah, I think that's what they're going to do. And I think that could be someone like Mark Loretta. I do think it could be someone like David Ross. But do I think it's someone that I'm going to feel super excited about, that they're definitely going to do a better job than Joe? Not, not really, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, be careful what you wish for, I think, is the, uh, the, the phrase to use here. Um, now, a lot of people, like we saw, as I said, I booked this gig when the Cubs were in first place. And this was going to be a big celebration about going to the playoffs. And, by the way, kudos to you guys all. The Cubs, the Cubs would have yeah, loved yeah. that you were here today for the funeral. They would have loved that you came to pay your respects to the 2019 season. These are the real fans right here. But um, what was my question? I don't know. I'm just going off. Uh, yet a lot of people saying the Cubs kind of gave up. I've heard this, heard this in a few places. That the, No, I mean, I've, I've heard it from, like, you know, Kind of people that might know. I mean, I see a lot of people shaking their heads. What do you think? Corey, you want to? I mean, I don't think we have anything to suggest that, and I certainly wouldn't believe it. I think we saw a number of these guys, like Sarah said, in the last you know, couple weeks. Well, not Rizzo, obviously, getting out there right, on his, but, on his you know, battery. Not Javi. Javi trying Hobby. to work his way back. KB playing through the knee, getting a cortisone shot, coming back and trying to do it. So... I, I don't think so. I, I think what happened here is this roster had flaws. We knew the roster had flaws. And they played to the lower percentile outcome of this group. It's, it's like you look at the Brewers, right? Like, their roster is not as good. They don't have as much depth. Yelich was out for a whole month. But they're winning they games. Winning, they're, yeah. they're playing to that highest percentile. They win those close games. They don't make as many mistakes. The Cubs are leading the league in outs on the bases. They're making errors. They're just doing blown things we saves. haven't seen. They were up right. there for a long time. 28 blown yeah. saves. Like, they're doing things we haven't seen, and those things take you, when the margin is thin, when the roster isn't as good as it has been in, in past years, those things add up, and I think that's what happened here. But I, I don't think it was a complacency thing. I don't think it was an effort thing. I, I wouldn't believe that, but people might know better than me. I mean, just let me add to that, or maybe push back against it, is that maybe part of the complacency is the fact that Joe's the big fun manager, we can do what we want and have theme trips, and then you get kind of get lulled into this, like, you know, sense of, uh, you know, security within your team, and then maybe things just need to change, not necessarily drastically, with like a, a you know, a, a Joe Girardi coming in telling, you know, shave those sideburns maddeningly kind of thing, but maybe it's, it's not that, but maybe it's, uh, you know, just to kind of switch a little bit, get a little bit more discipline within the clubhouse. I don't know. I'm just I'm pushing back a little bit. Well, let's let's kind of take a look real quick here. Is that when you, if anyone that's followed the career of Joe Madden knows, he's not going to be the micromanager in the clubhouse. He gets what he calls his horses. He brings in the guys, the veteran guys, and says, "All right, you guys police the locker room." So let me ask everybody here: Who's the leader of that clubhouse to get into somebody's face? In 2016, you had Miggy. You had Ross, you had Lackey. 
Guys that would not be afraid to pull somebody aside and give them a chewing out when it need to happen. I don't see that on this roster. I couldn't tell you. Is Rizzo a leader? Yeah, but he's one of those silent leaders. Look what I'm doing and do what I do. John Lester, same thing. Look at me. Look what I'm doing. Do as I do. Chicken and beer. Right. Chicken and beer. What's wrong with that? But at the same time, when somebody needs to get pulled aside and told, hey, we don't do that here, who's that person? Yeah, I don't know. Who is that person? Do they, they, don't, they don't really have it. Daniel Descalso. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel There you go. But he literally was brought in for that. He's the worst. Yeah, but at the same time, like... Nick Castellanos was ready to run through a wall like two days after. Yeah, well, he let, got let me here. ask about Big Nick, the Big Stick Nick. I mean, obviously he comes in at the trade deadline, last minute deal. Theo gets that done. You got to give him credit for that moment. But and he comes in and he energizes the team for a while, like probably the one of the most exciting midseason pickups I think we've seen in a while because Aroldis Chapman came with some baggage. Right, so uh, but Big Stick Nick comes in. Obviously, everybody would love to see him back on the team. I'm not. I'm just going to assume. Am I correct? And you can just nod. And if if you don't, you know, then uh, you have to get off the panel. But <laughs> no, but um, you know, would, obviously him back. Who did he's one of maybe a core group of players at that point. Who goes if you're building around somebody like Big Stick? That changes your outfield considerably. That moves Hayward to center, unless he magically sorry, helps sorry, the Cubs sorry. and opts out, which I, I don't think happens. But um, like, who do you see them building around if they were to take somebody like Nick Castellanos? All right, well, I don't, here's what I would do. Uh, I have to try to get Hayward's contract, which I know everyone's like, that's impossible. You would have to eat a shitload of it. It'd have to be like a bad contract swap. I know Boston desperately wants to get under the cap. Maybe you could try to flip Hayward and someone else for David Price, which would save Boston some money and only add a little bit to us. We could afford that swing. Um, as far as what I would do with the rest of the roster, it's tough to say because I don't like this idea that the, it's going to stay the same. I think that's a huge mistake by the Ricketts. You have a marquee sports network you're trying to launch. Get someone sexy. Get people excited because every fan I know has a very sour taste in their mouth. Sure. It's like when it, it used to be back in the day when there was a new stadium that team would spend in the offseason because they want to sell season tickets. If they go this same offseason like they did last year, that network, which most people think regardless that network's going to be in trouble, is really going to flop. So I think they're, they're thinking too short-sighted. What I would personally do for fun, say we can't add any more, but we could a little bit. Cole Hamill's $20 million comes off. I pick up Cues. I pick up Jose Quintana's, which is about $10, $11.5 million, I think. Yeah. 10.5. Trade him for not much because you can't get too much for him, I don't think, right now. But most teams would be like one year, $10.5 million. He's still top 20 in war. He goes had out a, there. He's fifth, one of the only pitchers that like consistently yeah, actually innings. pitches in baseball games. If you minus his September, he had a fine season. So that, that right there is about $30, $31 million. Hamels and him. Let, Ad, let Adbert Elozale, I can't, the name always fucks me up. And let him take over like the Q spot. And then with the remaining $30 million, go for a big name. Go, I mean, Garrett Cole's a pipe dream, maybe. Garrett Cole. But what, how much does Garrett Cole cost? Is he $30 million? How much would Strasburg cost? We have if, to throw Strasburg money at the problem. If opts out. I if think he opts he, out, he yeah. might not. Bumgarner you could get for way less. I don't even know if I want Bumgarner. He's kind of an asshole, and I think his best days are behind him. Um, but you, I think they have to add a starter in free agency. Yeah. Okay. I, I just have to like, get in on this Garrett Cole thing for a second. We do not want Garrett Cole... Garrett Cole did not pitch the way he pitched with the Astros with the Pirates. And the Astros are, like, known to bring guys around and, like, 
change their spin rates and do a whole bunch of things that like our pitching department is not capable of doing. Like, I don't think that Garrett Cole, Charlie Morton was not great this year. Charlie Morton was not the same pitcher that he was with the Astros. With, he, he, he did not have the same year he had with the Astros with the race. And I'm just saying, like, I think if you spend $30 million on Garrett Cole, you're spending $30 million for the guy that pitched for the Pirates, not the dude that threw 300 strikeouts for the Astros. And I do not trust this, depart- this team's so pitching saying- development or pitching knowledge to do that. I mean, that's a, different, that's a different discussion entirely. I think we do need to bring in some different pitching people, but I just don't think that Garrett Cole is the answer. Now, I do like parts of what you were saying with, you know, potentially a bad contract swap. Theo has done that before. He managed to get rid of Carl Crawford's contract in Boston, which I thought was one of the greatest moves in the history of Theo's life. I also think that, um, you know, doing some pitching, moving around, I agree with you, Hamels isn't back, and, like, you could probably flip Q for something. But I just am not... Garrett Cole, I do not think is the answer. I think Garrett Cole is going to be. It, I don't actually. I could care less. I think that Garrett Cole is not the pitcher people think he is for a different team, and I think that's that's important when you're going to drop thirty million dollars on a player. I just I, I don't see them. I, I hate to say this. I don't see them spending the money this year. Yeah, I, that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I I, I think I would love to, all the. I want Rendon. Right. I want Cole. Like, hey, get them all. You know, get big stick. Every, like, let's load the roster. But I don't think that's where I'm Ricketts not, is not, right now. I'm right? not trying to be any Ricketts apologist here, but they've spent a lot of money on this network. And yeah, do you want it to be flashy and all this stuff? Sure, you do. But they're not doing that. And 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 if you can get rid of Hayward's contract, God bless you. Whoever you know, I, that that'd be amazing. I just don't see it. I don't see any big moves occurring in the offseason. There's so few free agents. Last year's free agent class, you saw either guys getting signed that were young, 26, 27, like Machado or Harper, and then you saw guys like Arenado getting long-term contracts. So do you look at this free agent class? What do you have? Rendon, Cole, who else is really super sexy to you? And you have to imagine now, you got 29 other teams looking at those same few players. You think they're going to be spending this big money? I don't. We're going to take a quick break from the Ranter Roundtable for an ad from our sponsor. Guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, if you want to increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, well, listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue, like the color. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, full or empty stomach, and since they are chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for Sunranto listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code ARMCHAIR to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Sunranto Show. So I, I, I think, and, and Sarah kind of mentioned this in the Garrett Cole thing. I, I don't know if I agree specifically on Garrett Cole, but I, I think it's important when we're talking about what they're going to do 
to mention that, like, we're talking about Joe, right? He's going to get raked over the coals. We're going to look at new managers. We're going to look at these players. But they, they need to make changes in the front office. Yeah, that's, I, that's I guess, my question is, is changing the, changing the managers obviously not enough. No. They've changed the batting coaches five times. They've changed the pitching coaches five yeah. times. You know, they've changed the bench coaches now, what, three times. They've, yeah, I mean, first base coach, Gary Jones is gone. Like, you know, there's, they keep changing everything else but the players. And at what point, and we all heard reckoning, we're going to get this right. reckoning and, you know, you know, step up or get out, you know. So, like, what, which players are the ones that are maybe muddying the waters of this Cubs team right now? And how do you get a different personnel? I mean, can you tell from looking at it? Corey, well, you want to start? That I... I, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I think certain guys are more able to be traded. They might get you more. They they might like who uh, uh, Bryant I Contreras. Mean, if, if if I were a betting man, I would say Contreras is the most likely. I think that just because he's not a particularly good defensive catcher, whether you're big on pitch framing and umpires and all that. It's part of the game. I'm, I'm I don't. Big I, I don't like it. I, I hate it. But it's part of the game, and he's not particularly good at it. And so, when this front office is looking at the roster and trying to clean things up, that might be one of those places. Uh, I think that if if you're looking at the core, Rizzo, Baez, Bryant, like good luck to them if they try to trade any of them because I, I, I can't imagine how that would go over. Uh, Ryan, but, give me give me a name. Who who do you think get, who do you think gets traded? I think they trade somebody. I think they they trade somebody big, and it might not be the right thing to do. But I think they do trade somebody. Who do you think it's going to be? I'm I'm also on the Wilson Contreras train. <laughs> as, as much as it hurts to say, and we were just having a big is, conversation about this. Is it the p- pitch this. framing that's the main issue? Yeah, you're not going to find other like the elite teams in baseball with such poor pitch framing, and it stinks to say because I think we all love Wilson. But Joe, Joe, give me a name real quick. Who, who do you think? It I might just be don't know if Theo and maybe they should care more about pitch framing i just don't know if they do if they did they wouldn't have traded maldonado or for tony kemp you know what i mean they would have right. just been they would have tried to flip victor caratini then uh, and got more know, maybe could, you could yeah. have a true backup in martin maldonado who's an amazing pitch one of the best pitch framers in baseball uh so i don't know i i don't want sometimes i think a lot of this is a little overreaction and, and if what crawley's saying is that there's zero money to spend which really fucking sucks uh I look at the offensive players. Contreras has a, what, a 900 OPS? Bryant over 900. Rizzo over 900. Javi, 870-something. Schwarber now almost 870-something. Half is up there in a Yeah, it's a lot of individual seasons that look real good. You're just lacking consistency, and it's a lot of same styles. I wonder if if Ben Zobris was here the whole year with his style of being a high contact, because you have so many guys whose strikeout rates are 20 to 25%, besides Rizzo and Zobrist, which we, we're really missing. Nico Horner's a high contact guy, which is nice. I think I don't want it to be anyone, really, because maybe I'm getting sentimental, but I think I don't want it to be, but I think, I think Chris Bryant, because he has two years left, he's a Boris client, and they could get a shitload. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I think I mean, they only move for the right His name's being bandied about. It's not, it, this is not a surprise just for this room. You know, this is everybody saying this. Yeah, Sarah? so I, I agree with the Chris Bryant thing. And here, here's my pushback on the Wilson Contreras thing, and I will own the fact that Wilson is my favorite, and I have, like, a whole brand built around this. But the, um, like, 
Wilson saves you $4 million. Like, you could get some really nice prospects, but he maybe saves you $4 million if you assume that's what his arbitration raise is going to be. And you're going to have to go out and get some premier catcher. Yes, Monty Grandal costs you $18 million a year. So that doesn't save you anything. So if this is a, like, cash-crunched lineup... I don't think that the Wilson Contreras flip him for the elite pitch framer in Yasmani Grandal is the move. That's not the move this front office would make. How at about all. Victor Caratini well, as the starter? I think you, yeah. could, you could flip Victor Caratini because Victor Caratini is one of the top five ca- hitting catchers in baseball. And you would probably get a similar haul, maybe not quite as elite as what you would get for Wilson Contreras. But you would also then. Not like not have to get a Yasmani Grandal. You don't need to get a starting caliber catcher. You need to get a backup catcher, which is a really big difference. But KB potentially, his arbitration range is going to be in like the 17 million range, which means if you can flip KB and rebuild your farm system, you save 17 million dollars. And now maybe you can look at a Rendon because Rendon is about a 17 million AAV mm-hmm. guy, and that is that's a flip that is. Different. Well, I, I also think that the free agent rates are going to stay lower despite the limited class because the, the CBA has not changed. And we've had, two season, we've had two seasons now where nobody wants to pay anybody. So I don't, think that, I don't think that Nicholas Castellanos or Anthony Rendon or Garrett Cole is getting the money that their agents are telling them they're going to get right now. They didn't last year. a lot less. They eventually, they eventually did. Kimbrell eventually got the money to come out here and suck for us. Yeah. I was... Uh, I was out the other day, and uh, I, I was with our friends at Club 400, Stuart McVicker and those guys, and we were drinking heavily with Miguel Montero. And if you remember Miggy and David Ross, in 2016, those Cubs had the best pitch framing numbers. Okay, We don't have a Max Scherzer in this, you know, some flamethrower, just throw it past a guy. I, I might but, also point out that when they had the best pitch framing numbers, we had like three pitchers in the top five for ERA. Right, well. so what, they, we, they, what, was, what we're dealing with right now, when you take a look at who you have in the pitching staff, you have Lester, you have Hendricks, you have Quintana, you have, and, and the one guy that does really throw us some heat in Darvish is an, also a guy who has a lot of movement. And so I watched this last weekend, I watched this weekend, and I hate that neck-tattooed bastard, Yadi Molina. <laughs> we but, all do. <laughs> but, but guess what? Except for one guy. <laughs> guess what? I saw a guy in Yadi Molina who was stealing strikes for their pitcher. And everybody, I heard J.D. bitching about it. I heard Coomer bitching about it. The strike zone's bad. The strike zone's terrible. You know what it was? There was one difference. Molina was stealing the strikes. Wilson wasn't. And I asked Miggy specifically, can you teach pitch framing or is that just something that comes natural and he looked at me and said it's just something that comes natural you cannot teach that so that mm. to me when you have the pitching staff that you have that relies on the corners that relies on getting those calls wilson to me is the one guy that's more expendable than the others but we uh, all love wilson yeah it's, no, I, nobody has a problem <laughs> with wilson Contreras here so we're just trying to win baseball games and that's what didn't happen this year um I, I, real quick i agree with what you're saying about the pitch framing that's clear to me so it doesn't do much for the payroll. If, you, if your idea is to flip Contreras for other MLB-ready talent, then great. Because sometimes I think, what if we just had a whole new bullpen of studs and spent every dime toward that? Because I look at the offense, and I, I just – the offense is weird. They'll score 10 runs, they score zero. We know it's like, it's like they menstrual cycle together. I don't fucking get what the idea is. How do you – it's weird, right? How are they scoring 12 runs? And not just Pittsburgh. They did it all fucking season. And then not do any. So that's a bizarre thing to me. So if we're going to go getting rid of Wilson for prospects, then I want them to get Maldonado and Caratini and just have a position with not as much offense. Fine. Go defense first. Sorry. I'm fine with 
But I, I mean, I would say the big problem here is like the core. We shouldn't have to trade from the core. The bottom of the roster is so broken because the yeah. sis, like it's an organizational problem. They can't right. even develop. Yeah, enough I, I wanted players to ask like about David that. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of guys like Al Mora. I mean, first round pick, 2012, I believe, and never developed into anything except for a guy that drops very important baseballs in center field uh, last uh, one week ago today in fact on Sunday that ball kind of went over his head not totally his fault but um, obviously didn't develop into what we thought he would develop into correct Um, Hap was spent the first half of the years in the minors maybe unfairly judging by what we've seen since then Um, is it, it it no pitching has come out so, as Crawley said earlier and alluded to, this was supposed to be a money machine, a talent machine. You know, we got all the smartest dudes in the world. So, is this system broken right now? I mean, does it need an overhaul or does it just need some fresh eyes to kind of stick to the course? Going Ryan? back to what Sarah said earlier about the Astros, like it just doesn't feel like there is some sort of consistent process there. Like in 2014, there was, it was all about that Cubway manual. I don't know what's happened to that, because it doesn't feel like they're stressing anything consistently, either on the offensive side or the pitching side. It's just nothing is coming through. They're not drafting in a consistent way. They're not developing in a consistent way. And as a result, we're just not getting even, again, even players like David Bodie. Like, other organizations are pumping out David Bodies just every month. They're calling up a David Bodie. We get a David Bodie once every five years. It's, it's a problem. Corey, you want to add to that? I yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I was saying before about how we can change the manager, we can look to change the players, but at some point, Theo has said over and over that part of this stops with him, and his front office has to look in the mirror, and it's about time that they do that. They move Jason McLeod uh, off of the amateur side, which I think is a start, but it's, to me, undeniable that they feel behind. It's, it's hard from the outside to identify exactly where that is, But like Ryan was saying, you just see these other teams. The Dodgers are similar to the Cubs in a lot of ways. Huge payroll, huge expectations, a lot of current talent that's been around for a while. And they go into their minor league system and they pluck guys that are throwing 98 miles an hour. They pluck how many rookies. They've had like nine rookies come up this year and hit a home run, some kind of record, I think. Uh And it just doesn't feel like the Cubs are doing that at the same level. And I think that we were all sold and believed that this team would be competing at the highest level. And they're competing at a high level, but I, I think it's undeniable to me that other teams are doing something better than them, and they need to figure out what that is. And you might have to move some guys around in the front office to do it. Yeah, I think they are doing, obviously, the Jason lateral move, but I think that was a good start. I'm not... I don't know. I just feel like if there was any group of people, I'd feel confident in turning that process around. It's the group we have now. Like we're worried about replacing Madden. If when Theo goes, I, that's more frightening to me than anything else. It really is. I know he's been bad the last couple of years, and everyone's like, "Well, remember in Boston, he spent too much." Sometimes you can make the right move, and it backfires. Look at the season Carl Crawford had before he signed to Boston. The guy was unbelievable. He was every team in baseball wanted that dude. You're talking shit about the happens. year they got Adrian hey, Gonzalez. Yeah, shit. And all sometimes that you make a right move and it still backfires. Everyone Hayward like, too. Hayward too had a good year with St. Louis. Yeah, Hayward. And also, people forget three other teams bid higher for Hayward than we did. Mm. He came to us, he which came was nice. Us. So Thank you. I definitely think something has fallen back a little bit. 
And I do think the window is still open. You can miss the playoffs during your window. 06, the Boston Red Sox missed the playoffs. They won in 07. The Astros went to the playoffs in 15, missed it in 16, won the World Series in 17. This happens. I, I hate the Dodgers a lot because I lived in L.A. for three years. So in, until they win a World Series, they could kiss my ass and their whole fan base. We went two years in a row. Yeah, you fucking lost. So shut up. Um, they are the worst fans in all of sports. Yeah. Oh, the yeah, Dodgers we know. By we know. far. Uh, yeah, I definitely need to change some stuff up, but I, I, I don't know. I have, I have more optimism in that side of things. Theo's going to find that new competitive edge. For a while, I read that Cubs way book. Um, Verducci? Yeah, Verducci, thank you. They, a couple chapters talked about how their whole strategy was, we'll trade for pitching, we'll sign pitching, we're going to find offensive talent, stockpile this offensive talent, and then flip it. And they did that for a while, but now it's not working. Sir, you have something to add to that? Yeah, Concept. so a couple of things on the scouting side of things that I think are important. Nobody anticipated that the ball was going to drastically shift and that home runs were going to become a dime a dozen and that there were going to be like half a dozen dudes hitting 50 super home ball. runs and that AAA was going to be a disaster for scouting because you couldn't tell who your good home run hitters are. Like I'm reading multiple articles right now that say that people are just not even going to look at AAA stats anymore. They're just going to bypass AAA and keep their guys in AA because that's when they can actually tell what people's true line drive rates are and what they can actually do to evaluate them as major league talent. But the other thing there is that that also fundamentally changed which pitchers you can value because what people don't realize with the ball is that it's not just that it travels far. It changes what type of stuff you can throw and what is effective. And it makes a guy like Lester or a guy like Hendricks way less effective because their mistakes that used to be fly balls that were fly balls in 2016 and 2017 are now going onto Waveland, right? <laughs> and I'm, I'm not even joking. Like it's, yeah. it's like that ball Yadier Molina hit off Craig Kimbrell. It was over was his head. Over yeah. his, it was here. It was here, 97 and high, and he hit it to dead center and out. That ball is not supposed to be hit. It's supposed to be a pop up. A pop up if it's hit, and he hit it for a home run, which means. And look, all of the teams are dealing with this, but I think for whatever reason, the type of team that the Cubs built got hit really hard by that particular change, and they're scrambling to catch up with it. And we don't know what's going to happen with the ball next season because it was different in 2017, it was different in 2018, and it's different in 2019. And that could shift a whole bunch of things about what type of pitchers you want, what type of hitters you want, and other things as well. Well, so. I just heard they did a deal with Titleist golf ball. So it, right. they're going to move all the fences back. <laughs> Ricketts has a whole idea to put in 20,000 more fans just because the uh, stadiums can be bigger now. Yeah, yeah. Good. Can I just rewind back to something that Joe said even though he's leaving? Yeah. Um, he's going to pee. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, Joe is peeing on the Joe podcast. Too. Does and this now, remind you of like the naked gun when he leaves the hot mic on while he's yeah. going to pee? Oh, and now that he's not here, I'm going to tell him why he's wrong. <laughs> um, Time for another quick break here on the Sunranto Show for a word from our sponsor, mybookie.ag. I'm uh, sitting here looking at the line for tonight's National League wildcard game, which does not include the Chicago Cubs. Brandon Woodruff versus Max Scherzer. And Max Scherzer is uh, favored heavily. Yeah, uh, minus 185 there uh, with an over-under of 7.5. Um, uh, man, you know what? I mean, if you want to make some money here, you got to look at what the Brewers did this year. Brandon Woodruff has been their best pitcher all year until he got hurt, but he's back. I think... If you want to make money, I'm going for the Nationals. But if you want to make money, I put some money on the Brewers here. Even though it's an away game, I don't know. I, I think the Nationals are going to win. But, I don't know. Scherzer, uh, he strikes out too many batters. 
So he's out of there by the 5th. Then it's the bullpen time. So, yeah, go to myboogie.ag, use promo code CHAIR, and they'll double your first deposit, and uh, put some money on the Brewers. Why not? Cubs aren't in it. Let's do it for the Rally Banana and Eric Wheelow. Thanks for listening to the Sunranto Show. And if you want to listen earlier, completely ad-free, with perks at every level, go to patreon.com slash sunranto, and uh, you become a subscriber. It's the best way you can help uh, keep this Cubs podcast on the air. Patreon.com slash sunranto. Thanks for listening. I wish I was as optimistic as Joe was about about this front office and about Theo. Like, because right now, to me, it just feels broken. Like, I... The free agency misses are one thing. Like, I don't think this front office's miss rate on free agents is probably all that different from the league average. Like, free agent, free agent signings are always going to be risky. But it's the, it's the only path forward for this organization right now. There's nothing coming through the pipeline that's going to fix this problem. That's why I don't have that same faith that Joe does. I'm with Ryan on that one. If, you, if you're just looking at this situation, you just say to yourself, the Cubs, I remember in 2016 and 2015, were considered among the elite of the elite of the organizations. So you looked at the Astros, and yes, we all hate the Dodgers, but do you not see what they're doing? So do you feel that the Cubs are in the same tier as, though, as, as the Yankees, as the Dodgers, as the Astros? I don't right now. Well, okay, you brought up the Yankees, and I think this is an interesting point because the Yankees did like a one-year like mini rebuild, restock, make some clever trades, and not really tank thing. And I actually think that is a route that the Cubs have open to them, which would be really interesting. It would require them to do some funky things with some of their like short-term contracts that are really expensive, rebuild the farm that way, because clearly their drafting process has not worked very well. I want to throw one more wrench into the works here, which is something I wanted to say earlier when we were talking about Joe Madden, but I feel like it has to be said. Losing Joe Madden doesn't just mean that the Cubs don't necessarily have Joe as their manager. It means somebody else does. And if I'm a betting person, I think that team is probably the Padres. And that is a team that is stacked with young talent that is going to respond really, really well to the Madden way and the oh, Madden culture. Oh, they're going to love the clowns and, and the zoo animals. And two, the... two things are, are going to happen there. Like, one, the Padres are going to be way more competitive quicker than people thought they were. But that also means that the Cubs have another team in the division that is going to be super competitive that they're going to have to try to deal with and I just look maybe they, maybe David Ross is like an Alex Cora type or something like that who's going to come in and be able to like translate all of what the front office wants into a hundred win season automatically but I just I kind of doubt that I think that was a one in a million shot cool I want to pivot here just kind of get towards the end of our time together and what surprised you this season in a positive way Cora you want to start there I mean, I'm kind of something to, unless somebody has something to really came to their minds I mean whether it be a player or I I think you Darvish is probably the easy answer I mean I guess it's not surprising in the sense that he's performed like this at times in his career obviously they signed him for this but for how quickly he was able to turn around what happened in 2018 obviously dealing with a lot of injuries and to be as good as he was I think is really important he's on a long contract assuming he doesn't opt out He's part of this rotation. So I think his turning that around, and not just turning it around, but to the point where I remember at social media night, we were all having the conversation, if they ended up in a one-game playoff, no question. Like, it's you. It's you, yeah. Which surprised, I think that surprised so me. So I think yeah. to end up in that place where it's like, yeah, not only is this guy healthy and good, but he's really good. I, I think that's probably my answer. Uh, so my answer is the last two months of Kyle Schwarber. 
which I think is exactly why the Cubs drafted him fourth overall. I think it's also why we had a whole long conversation here about who could the Cubs trade, and Kyle Schwarber did not come up. Because Kyle Schwarber is performing to the potential that everybody saw in him when they drafted him originally. And frankly, I think the reason he didn't get traded before is because this front office has always referred to him as they're like David Ortiz. And what people forget about David Ortiz is that David Ortiz struggled when he first came up. And the Red Sox picked him up after the Twins designated him for assignment. And Theo never wanted to be the guy that traded the next David Ortiz. And it kind of looks like he might have waited that one out just long enough. Kyle Schwarber is a beast, man. His numbers are insane. And he's probably not, he's just going to miss 40 home runs, which was my prediction at the start of the year, and I'm kind of bummed about it, but I am, I am here for Kyle Schwarber. And I, and I hate to say this because, uh, you know, I don't want to be seen as anti-Nick Castellanos, but getting what he is going to expect in free agency, you can't have Castellanos and Schwarber both in the outfield, in my opinion. And so Schwarber's the cheaper option right now, and he's under your control still. When I look at this season, though, there's three guys in the bullpen that if I sat there at the beginning of the season and you said, hey, who are the studs of the bullpen? Rowan Wick. They've got uh, Brad Week over from San Diego, who I think, didn't they get Rowan Wick from San Diego too, I think? He is 6'9". Yeah, and then, uh, nice. And then uh, Kyle Ryan. So you got three guys in the bullpen that I don't think anybody could have been able, most people wouldn't have been able to name at the start of the season that came through really, really clutch this year. Probably stole my answer. <laughs> what a jerk. Um, but I was just going to say, like, and maybe this is thinking too far ahead, but I'm actually, one of the things I am excited about the 2020, the 2019 2020 offseason, is I feel like they can mostly go through it without spending big money on relievers. Because I think we have enough here that we can experiment and see what happens. And keep, the Wicks, the, the, yeah. the Wicks and the Wick. Yeah, your Wicks and your. Yeah. I've had a, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the but, wicked bullpen. But having some actual flexibility in this bullpen could be a huge advantage going into 2020 because they haven't had it. They've only had these guys where it's, you know, you keep them on the roster or you cut them. Now they've actually got you some You think guys they keep Chatwood in there and just having it, that be your expensive arm, or do you give him a shot at the number five I mean, spot, or is that taken by John Lester now? I, I'd say Kimbrel is your <laughs> expensive arm. I, I, I'm not even going to predict what would happen with Chatwood. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Chetwood is good stuff. I mean, sort of 96, 97. I, so he's a – I think he's like your sixth man, especially yeah. if you go like Alize. Al, why can't I pronounce Al, his name? Alzali. Al, 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 thank yeah. you. I'm Adbert. Adbert so, is what I'm calling so Double A. We call did, him double A. Did anything surprise you this year in a positive way that, you know, made you in a get positive the warm way? fuzzies in Shit. any – See, I try to go in with as much optimism as possible, so – um, now your hopes Schorber, are Schorber, I agree with Schorber. I, I've been a diehard Schorber fan since day one. I like baseball players. That's why I like Wilson, too, and Javi. Um, I like baseball players who approach the game with like a football player mentality. Where Remember that I, my favorite home run ever will still be the one he hit into the Allegheny. The way he fucking jacked it off of Garrett Cole and flipped the bat and, and then fucking high-five decks. It made me think, oh, we've arrived. Like, and then I remember when he hit one off over the scoreboard in the St. Louis playoff series. And I think it was Smoltz just being like, what in the world? Like, who, what the fuck is happening right now? Who are, who's this 22, 23-year-old who acts like he's been here the whole time? So that's what annoys me, too. Schwarber's not clutch. I'm like, do we forget about the playoffs? Yeah. Clutch, I hate to say it. I think players could choke, but clutch is kind of not a thing. Daniel Descalso was one of the most clutch players in baseball the last two years. He looks like he's never picked up a bat in his fucking <laughs> life this season. So maybe that's my dis- surprise, how terrible Daniel Descalso was. And to the fans who were like, we should have kept Jorge Soler, 
We didn't have time to wait. The dude played 40 games the last three years. I don't know. I just, I'm trying to be optimistic, but I'm very pissed off still. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to ask a final question. It comes from a, a listener on the, can oh, I, you got something to say for it? Can I add one yeah. little thing? Add away. I have one other like, away, thing Sarah. that made me really happy. All right. Nico Horner. And I cannot wait to see Nico Horner and Javi Baez up the middle for the foreseeable future. It's going to be brilliant. Nico Horner, with fewer than 500 minor league plate appearances, showed up and batted 300 and played passable shortstop for the Chicago Cubs in September. And that is brilliant. Okay, last last question here. And uh, this comes from a ranter on the Sun Ranto Ranters page. I just kind of put up a little post. Hey, hey, what do you guys want to know about? And um, Jose Orlando Mercado of Puerto Rico wrote in this morning, and he wants to know, what should we burn to the ground if P.K. Ricketts decides not to heavily invest in this team because the marquee network money hasn't quite rolled in yet? So which one of Ricketts' new buildings should be the first that we torch? (laughs) And I'll hold you to this, too. I mean, I feel like I'm just I'm I'm trying to get the people into this. You know, this this Madden's right. Like we remove the question about what we do with Madden's, we just burn it down. Just burn it down. (laughs) Just burn it all down. No, I mean it's whatever takes the Taco Bell place for sentimental reasons. (laughs) Yeah, God bless that security guard who worked there too. That was. A tough task, and I think you could take this as a moment to maybe um, talk about how you how you feel about all of the changes that maybe took place. Like, do you want to burn the scoreboard down? You want to build burn? Uh, you know, like wh- what is it? Do you like the changes in the neighborhood and what this neighborhood has become in the last as it's been turned into the image of what Ricketts wanted it to be? I mean, if I were burning something down, I'd probably just burn down some of those ridiculous sponsorship signs. I have no idea what Nuveen is. I just, like, see the sign every freaking... It sounds like, like birth control, does it not? And yeah. For, and for some reason, and for some reason... It helped me with I, my uh, acne as a teenager, Nuveen, I think. Yeah, for some reason, it's like... They, they changed their logo from capital letters to lowercase letters and, like, changed the sign out two years after making it. I was like, whatever. Like, Gallagher Way. Does anybody know what Gallagher Way insurance, does? It's something think, about yeah. insurance, risk something. or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actuary recruiter. That's was, what I want to I still don't know what Chicago that means. I, I thought also. it was named after the guy that hits watermelons with a mallet. That's, you know. I guess I'm wrong. Look, here, here's what I'm going to say is that I don't mind. I think there's plenty of room for everything that the Ricketts built, and the point of it was supposed to be revenue streams. That's the point. I don't give a shit. They build a hotel, build a hotel. You want to build a duchy and docks and all the other shit. I've been trying to not swear because Danny's mom's back there. But uh, <laughs> Hi, Mom. <laughs> hey, Ma. Um, but I didn't tell you, Joe. I didn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> But, but in general, as to me, the whole thing that we were sold as Cub fans were the money that was being spent. And I cannot tell you how many $11 Bud Lights I've bought, but the money that was going to be pouring in was going to go directly into payroll. So I don't give a shit about the Ricketts buildings or what they've built. What I give a shit about is that that money's going directly into the Chicago Cubs. And that's what I was sold. I'm Tom Ricketts. I'm a Cub fan like all of you guys. I met my wife in the bleachers. Everything's great. If it was any of us here, if it was Danny or me or I, I see an also bleacher Jeff, I see all sorts of guys out here. Any one of us, if we had that money, whatever it took to build the next World Series team, tell me what I got to do, Theo. 
What do I got to do to build that World Series team? Because I'm building all around here, and I'm going to be making money, and that money's going right back into the team. And, and that's my problem right now, and I'm fired up. Well, there's a lot of, em- there's a lot of empty hotel rooms tonight uh, that maybe would have been filled had there been a wild card game here or a playoff game coming up. Those rooms are going to be empty, right? I mean, all week long, all October long. So that, I think Ricketts might take a look at that eventually and uh, say, hey, we, we, need to, we need to change. Corey, I mean, what do you think? Uh, what do you think about all the changes around here, and what would you burn down? I mean, I don't think I can top that ran from Crawley there that was that's that was, tough yeah that was pretty good I don't have that pa- I don't have that fire burning in me at least right now but I, I mean I I've lived on and off in Lakeview for a while I I tend to like it uh I like a lot of what they've done I like having new options to do stuff but you know I mean I understand that a lot of people don't like the kind of takeover that they've done I'm not gonna go on record uh, and promote arson in a public <laughs> forum I'm it's gonna, no it's not real arson it's it's just it, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't need that on. I don't need that on my record. But uh, I, I'm not a big fan. They added some of those new uh, like digital clerks at some of the concession stands, right, like where you just clerk, you just yeah. you know say hot dog and then you go pick it up. I don't like that. That was a mess. Yeah, it made the whole thing worse. Uh, so if I was hypothetically going to burn anything down, it would be those kiosks. <laughs> I, I think I don't like those. But they got those vegetarian hot dogs or veggie hot dogs at the, all like all the stands in the upper deck now. And as a vegetarian, there's finally something I can eat at Wrigley. So at least we got something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, to add to kind of like in the stadium, I wasn't thinking in stadium. They're removing troughs in a lot of the bathrooms. And look, yeah. I know some people are like, well, I don't want to pee in a giant sink. I don't want to wait in a line. <laughs> okay, the giant sink was great. My dick was halfway out. Sorry, mom. Uh, and I was peeing and I was gone. The last six games, I, unfortunately, Lines. I went to like seven games this year. I got a four month old son. And I don't like waiting in line to pee. Okay, other state, whenever I go to stadiums around the country, I have to wait in line. And I'm like at Wrigley, there's a big sink. We all pee in the sink. We wash our hands in the same sink. It's gross, but we don't miss action. So no more. I want more, more troughs. More sinks to pee in, less urinals. Well, I think that's where we should leave it. More troughs for 2020. That's what we need, Tom. We need more, more sinks to pee in. Uh, so I'd like to thank you, Joe and Ryan and Sarah and, and Crawley and Corey. Thank you for coming on the, I guess, uh, first uh, Ranters uh, roundtable. We'll call it that. I'm just making things up. But, uh, you know, thanks for coming on. We're going to have the Bleacher Bum Band on uh, right after this. And uh, we're going to do this again because I think this is great. You guys are all so smart, but uh, we have reached our limit of brilliance. Carl, he's got one more thing to say. I could tell. He's Danny, like, I just want to say, number one, thank you for inviting us. I mean, you, you allowed us to share with your audience. The other thing, speaking of audience, I see Mai Tai, I see Jeff, I see Pincus. There's great Cub fans in the room here. And on a day where people could literally be watching football and, and pouting at home, you guys came out here. And, and you guys really represent the true Cub fans. And I wish the front office and Ricketts and everybody were also here to see the passion in this fan base. And thank you guys for coming out. Yeah. So thanks, and thank you guys all for coming out and uh, being a part of this podcast. And uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then uh, we're going to come back with the Bleacher Bum Band and watch the last game of the season. Go Cubbies! How many games will the bullpen blow before Theo gets us an arm? 
The answer, my friend, is Ricketts wouldn't spend. The answer is Ricketts wouldn't spend. Cheap ass. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.